For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Gardening in Canada podcast. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm a soil scientist. I like to take all that science and apply it to both plants indoors and outside. Let's get started. Hello, plant people. How are you guys doing today? If you're new to this podcast or just to the Gardening in Canada platform in general, please leave your questions down below in the comment section or send me an email at ashley at gardeningincanada.net or even better yet, send me a voicemail. There is a link that you can click in the show notes where you can actually leave me a voicemail. And if it's a question, then I can uh, incorporate it into the podcast when I do a Q&A episode. Today's episode, we're talking about Veracast, a vermicompost, beginning to end, whether you're purchasing it or doing it on your own at home. I'm going to give you all the deets on why it is considered a miracle product or why it maybe is uh, fluffed up a little bit more than what it should be. So I want to start off with two very famous quotes by two very old dudes, one of which is Charles Darwin. Darwin and the other Aristotle, both of which I'm sure we're all familiar with. Uh, Charles Darwin says, earthworms are the unheralded soldiers of mankind, and Aristotle used to call them the intestines of the earth. And that is a very, very accurate description for these guys, because red wigglers in particular, or the composting worms we use in our compost bins, are notorious for eating large amounts of organic material in all shapes and sizes. So with that being said, I do want to put a little bit of a disclaimer at the front of this video. Fun fact about earthworms is that they are not native to Canada and to other portions of North America. The glaciers did a doozy when it came to earthworm activity in our soils. And so all of the existing ecology in the world today boreal forests in particular, have been grown or adapted without the presence of earthworms. So when earthworms show up, they tend to uh, be less than ideal additions because they will consume uh, stuff that typically is used either for fertilizer or for a seed bank, that sort of thing. And so the University of Toronto has been doing studies on earthworms in the boreal forest, particularly in Ontario region, um, as a way to try to hopefully preserve the ecology of the area because earthworms are doing quite a bit of damage. Now, a lot of earthworms were brought over by Europeans. I think 19 different species-ish have been brought over by Europeans. Others have been uh, brought up through the U.S. into Canada. Not all of North America is earthworm-less. There is uh, certain earthworms that are native to the lower portions of North America. 
And then there also is just earthworm movement naturally to the northern regions. So some may argue that it's inevitable anyways that the boreal forest will just cease to exist because of earthworms or um, maybe change what it looks like due to earthworms because naturally earthworms are moving north, which I mean is a valid argument. Ecosystems have ebbs and flows all the time. There's a reason why we find, you know, camel bones, for example, up in the northern regions of the tundra. Clearly, at some point, it was habitable for camels. So that's just a fun fact. That means if you are a varicompost person and you are using varicompost in your home, then I highly, heavily encourage you to sift properly, remove any cocoons or baby worms that may have gotten through your sifting process. Uh, just do your due diligence. Try to add less rather than more. And always keep in mind, uh, if you are in a more moderate climate, such as Ontario, BC regions that don't get as cold, red wigglers tend to survive just fine in your areas. But if you are in a wonderful zone three, like I am here in Saskatchewan, it is really, really cold. And so earthworms tend to cease to exist because our soil is much much too cool now this is particularly true for upper soil dwellers such as the red wigglers but there are species that obviously go a little bit deeper so um, into the soil profile they live in the lower regions and they're not as good at decomposing uh, something else to keep in mind there but nonetheless let's get into varicompost um, and some tips and tricks on how to actually set up a bin and then we'll move into some of the properties and soil science behind the product as um, and discover whether or not it's worth the purchase. So um, composting is a non-thermophilic biooxidative process. That's a really fancy way of saying it doesn't get hot and it's using a belly mechanism, so some sort of digestive system to digest the product without the presence of oxygen and that would be inside of the earthworm's tummy so when it comes to varicomposting it should be hot it should not smell and you should not have mold and bugs and everything else and so when I set up my bins I did the due diligence to try to prevent this as much as possible. I have mine just in a simple Rubbermaid bin. Now it's pretty deep of a bin because I intend to not harvest compost or castings on a highly regular basis. Plus I produce a decent amount of compost. So I use that. I don't have any holes in the bottom and I do not put a lid on top. I simply just lay cardboard so that there is some airflow in the bin and that there is uh, just natural evaporation taking place. So that's what I'm doing. I also added fungus gnat prevention stuff in there. Actually, thrip mealybugs, anything soil derived. I put a my famous go-to predatory nematodes into my soil. I do very, very much so like them. So those went into the vermicast as well, just to try to control the bugs. Let me tell you, it's working wonderfully for me. Um, but there are some bugs that will appear. I don't want you to worry about them. In particular, mite, kind of spider mite looking things. Those are not harmful spider mites. Those are beneficial spider mites and they help with the decomposition process. So when I feed my worms, I'm feeding them in the beginning, just regular compost, but now I'm starting to feed them Bokashi compost in particular because it tends to degrade just a little bit faster. The worms tend to eat it just a little bit quicker 
and it is a slow introduction process because it is semi-acidic. I um, had to do it over a period of about four to five weeks just so that the worms could adjust and now they're loving it and they're having a great time. The other thing I like to add to my uh, vermicompost bins is labs, so lactobacillus rice wash. Um, I have done several videos on this. I have blog posts on how to make this and that just goes in just to help again with that decomposition process. So earthworms aren't just working alone. The bin is an ecosystem. So it's not just simply the worms eating away. There's a lot of stuff going on there. There's bacteria. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. There's fungi. There's obviously worms. There's other little microfauna such as mites and other little bugs that you may see, all of which are completely normal. One thing I did not realize and uh, found out very quickly, if you choose to get the uh, bait worms from the store, you probably think they're going to work out well. Just an FYI, they are kept very, very cold, borderline the level in which what kills the worms, so around 5 degrees Celsius, and so that actually ends up harming the worms. So just keep that in mind. I got bait worms because my... I was having a hard time finding them, to be honest with you. And my bait worms uh, came very sluggish, very slow, almost half dead. They took about a week to actually wake up and come back to life. I ended up losing some. I found several dead ones in the bin after. So just something to keep in mind. If you're choosing to use bait worms, you will experience a little bit of die off. And they're going to be like super slow and sluggish. So just uh, keep that in the back of your head when purchasing those guys. So when it comes to varicompost, what sets it apart from regular compost? And that's a really great question. So the first thing is that regular curing with compost takes two to three months. With varicast, it only takes about two weeks for nitrification to take place. So this is basically when ammonium is transferred into nitrate, which nitrate, trait, trait, A-T-E, not I-T-E, which is a form that the plants can uptake. So when it comes to compost, if you've ever used compost fresh off the pile and you didn't let it cure, you'll notice that your plants probably aren't growing very well. Um, maybe they're not germinating very well or the seedlings are doing very poorly. This is a sign that the compost is not aged enough and it has not yet cured because when microbes decompose any sort of compost, uh, they tend to mineralize and take all the carbon and nitrogen out of the soil or out of their surroundings to help with the decomposition process. So the curing allows the nitrogen that was removed to be re-added, in a sense, uh, back into the actual system. So with a Vericast, the whole entire process only takes about two weeks compared to two to three months, much, much quicker. Now, another thing that is very, um, I mean, touted is potential pathogens and how uh, pathogen level in Vericast is considered very, very low. And this is true because pathogens um, or biosolids 
in general have different types of ratings to them. So there's type A biocells, there's type B, C's, you name it. Type A is the best and type A is actually what is vericaster earthworm compost. So it's considered to have a very low pathogen level um, and this is low compared to most typical compost and uh, other biosolids out there. So the reason why the pathogens are so low in an earthworm system is because earthworms consume the fungi, the aerobic bacteria, and they are not present uh, to any oxygen while they're in the digestive tract or the gut of the actual worm. So that means that the end result is a low pathogenic uh, disease kind of suppressing um, byproduct. So it is really uh, useful in that sense. And something to keep in mind, if you're composting powdery mildew, anything that's come in contact with powdery mildew, whether that be the plant or the mulch near the plant, if you're composting that stuff, you are literally just amplifying and spreading powdery mildew all throughout your garden every single year. But if you vericast the mulch or the plant product that had powdery mildew on it, you get better results because the powdery mildew is eaten by the worms and disposed of. So that's actually the safest way to compost anything exposed to powdery mildew in general. So that's just a little bit of a fun fact there. So when it comes to nutrient content in the Vericast, um, there is slight differences between that of Vericast and regular compost. Um, in particular, the difference is in the phosphate or phosphorus. And in the case of Vericast, it's phospentaoxide. So two phosphorus and five oxygens attached to it. So the nitrogen is comparable to bin compost. It's in around 1.5 to 2.5. Depends on what you're adding. Bin compost can vary as well. And then the potassium is also very similar. They're basically both at about a 1.3, but again, it can vary slightly. The big one, like I said, is the phosphorus. So bin compost comes in at around one, but vericompost can come in at around a 3.8. So this is valuable. Uh, phosphorus is used in the root development. It actually helps the plant with any sort of shock or stress. And so therefore that 3.8 is valuable when we're transplanting or bumping seedlings up. It's gonna help reduce transplant shock or any stress that can be administered um, due to these elements not being present. So that's just something to keep in mind there. The type of worm doesn't affect the nutrient content or the pathogenic properties or anything crazy like that. And um, their biggest difference is just the speed in which they decompose. So, and it, I mean, red wigglers are considered the best and that's what I currently have as well. So there is some misconceptions about um, the ability to eat seeds. So vericast or um, worm bins in general will eat some seeds, meaning they will kill some um, weed species, but not all. So they'll eat some, but not all. And that's important to remember. It's not completely null and void of 
potential weeds and I know compost, hot compost in particular, they claim to kill off all the weed seeds, but you will notice there is some weeds in the actual vericast and not all of them get digested. So that's just something to keep in mind too. But that's all I have for you guys today about vericast or vericomposting. Um, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, be sure to let me know, reach out to me, come visit me over on Instagram, Facebook, you name it. Come say hi, say how you found me. I've gotten a few now uh, messages, DMs on Instagram, as well as emails over on the website. And then even I have gotten some um, from uh, voicemails. I think I've gotten three now. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, uh, thanks for listening. I will most definitely talk to you guys next time. Bye.